So here we are, back after Christmas. Back after Christmas. Recharged, ready to go. Absolutely. Brand new year. Brand new year. Can you imagine companies all over the country sitting down thinking, right, come on, this one, this is the one. Yes, this <laughs> is the year. The year of opportunity. Well, I, I had a lot of <laughs> messages. You know, you, know, you get those emails, don't you? Happy New Year. Hope this is going to be a good year, better than the last one. And on a global scale, you couldn't get much worse than the last one or two, could you? Really? No, no, true. Well, I think there is plenty of opportunity this year, isn't there? So it's funny, isn't it? Because there's a lot of people talking about the impending recession. But this will be the first recession, either in living memory or ever, I don't know, where there isn't going to be high unemployment at the same mm. time. Yeah. So there's going to be winners and losers. And even, you remember the old Roger Martin Fag yeah. uh, presentation? Talks about the zombie companies. Zombie all going companies, out. yeah. That's going to be a shakeout. I'm starting to see it now. Yeah. Where we are, a couple of law firms have closed down, haven't they, in the last week? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, you don't see that very often. So, so, yeah, I think if, you know, but I think you've got to, you've got to seize the day, haven't you, a little bit with it. There's always opportunity out there. Opportunity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, word, of the, word of the podcast today, opportunity. I think I've said it five times already. <laughs> Should we have a little uh, but it's <laughs> tally chart on the wall? But it's it's not, I don't think it will drop in your lap, will it? I mean, it will for some people. Well, isn't, isn't that what business is about? But you've got to create your opportunities, haven't yeah. you? That's well, all you've got to do conditions. Wait, where's the gap in the market? Is there a market in the gap? Yeah. Develop a value proposition that your customers want. Do well. Yeah, do so. I think a lot of people regard business... Yeah, maybe it's because they've been lucky and they've inherited a business and they keep turning the handle and it's worked very well for them so far until mm. a big change comes along. Market moves, customer differences yeah. change. So yeah, here we are, new year and new and all that. I bet you're in our, in our client meetings coming up soon as well. There'll be a general flavour of goal setting like we talked about in the last podcast. So yeah. what are we going to do different this year? And what has these grand plans? By December, we're going to be, you know, <laughs> going to be twice as big. Yeah. Next year, Rodney. Yeah, one day, Rodney. Or whatever it is. Yeah. All right, ready for our first podcast of the year then? Yeah, let's do this. So, hello, I'm Dave Parry from Wellmeadow and you're listening to the SME Growth Podcasts. And we're here to help all those businesses that want to grow. And we're going to talk about various ideas, uh, either to increase the number of leads to get into the business or uh, ways of converting more of those leads into customers. So what's today's subject then? We're going to talk a little bit about regarding marketing as a process, the process of marketing. And joining me to talk about that is my esteemed colleague, Richard <laughs> Buckle. Hello, Richard. Hello. Glad to be here again. Here we are again. Here we are. Talking about the process of marketing. Process of marketing. I mean, quite is looking forward a, to this subject, actually. Is that, is, a, is that an oxymoron? Uh, <laughs> well, I think there will be listeners, yes, that definitely say it is. I, don't, I know that. And I, I think this is why we're different as mm. marketeers, isn't it? Because we come from a non-traditional marketing background and yep. we think a bit more about process almost in everything we do well your background is an engineer i am yeah. i'm a chemist yeah so it's slightly odd that we're sitting here talking about, about marketing, marketing. and yet yeah, it seems to have worked it's great chemistry great chemistry yeah, there we go um yeah. yeah and i suppose we've seen it in a lot of our other consulting work as well haven't we just as a bit of a Throughout. precursor to the discussion we've well it's served us well you know for the last what 15 years or so we've yeah. been doing this we apply a process way of thinking to problems generally yeah. uh and it, it makes it easier to explain stuff and get common understanding. Helps well. us understand it at least, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing else. But I, th- I suppose what we've found is that we've been approached, regardless of whether it's marketing or recruitment or any other, you know, operations or something. It's it's we're often presented with complex problems to solve. Yeah, exactly. And 
it, it's much easier to you know it's like how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time isn't it yeah so it's it's that you know, not that we're condoning eating elephants here or anything just no, no animals in were harmed in the making <laughs> in of this podcast gets upset about that um but yeah you, you it, it's about breaking it down into manageable chunks and trying to work out well what's the next logical it's like telling a story, isn't it, really? It's, I think that's a good point, the telling the story. You don't it? jump straight to the conclusion. You've got to build yourself up and yeah. you know, build up the plot line and the characters and all of that. Well, and if you didn't, and we'll come on to this very quickly, it's sort of the first point we wanted to make, but if you don't regard things as a process, it's, it's a bit random, isn't it? You sort of just give it a go, wing it a bit. Imagine if you're invited to run a strategy session for someone. You just pitched up and said, right, let's have a chat then. What do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? <laughs> it's a bit yeah. like, it, you, well, you've got even, to have a, at least a sort of step you know three well, steps like, or something to go through you know, even simpler like baking a cake isn't it sure you don't yeah, just put yeah. the pan in the oven and expect a cake to miraculously appear <laughs> now that <laughs> would be like a good product <laughs> spontaneous <laughs> one of them. spontaneous cake generation mm. it's more of um you know you've got to even even you know you've got to get the ingredients together you've got to have a pro you've got to have a step-by-step -step thing so i think we're all used to using processes I mean, I used to love using an exercise when we had, you know, people that would start with us. So just write me an SOP for how to make a cup of tea and a piece explain, of toast. Explain SOP for those people oh, that sorry, don't. Sorry, yeah. yeah. It's um, standard operating procedure. Yeah. So just, you know, write me out the steps to make a cup of tea and a piece of toast in the morning. And yeah. we all go through a process with whatever we're doing. Mm. We don't just identify it as such. So, but obviously making a cup of tea and a piece of toast isn't, it can be a little bit more complicated than you think, but yeah. it's it's something that we do innately. And I think the thing with process is once you get into it, it does become innate, it does become part of the culture, mm. but there can be a little bit, you've got to put the groundwork in to get the structure in place so that everything hangs together, everyone knows where yeah. things are. And it's it's certainly about structure, but lest anybody has just had an alarm bell ring in their head from what you've just said, it doesn't mean that everything is written down no. prescriptively, step by step, you have to do step A followed by step B. Processes can be quite high level. Yeah. So when you talked before about the cake, you know, you could have a recipe for cake, blah, blah, blah. The process of cooking is get a recipe, buy some ingredients, follow the recipe, eat it. You know, it, it, that's a process. It's just very high level. It doesn't go into the detail, but it gives you a framework. And you, know, you can't do the eat it bit before you've bought yeah. the ingredients and you can't buy that before you get the recipe. And well, if you do a Mary Berry cake recipe, it's very prescriptive and it's, you know, mm -hmm. very clinical in terms of its impact. If it's a Jamie Oliver cake recipe, it's like, you know, chuck some ingredients in, doesn't matter what, for put it in the oven, doesn't matter what temperature for how long. It's like a different style, isn't it? It's just mm. like it's a bit more relaxed. So, it's like so processes can be high level, yeah. generic, big blocky stuff, or you can break it right down to lower. So what we're talking about today, I think, is we're halfway between. It starts with that very high-level way of yeah. thinking about stuff and then does a little bit of detail. And I think it's it's in response to us seeing quite a few different... In our work with lots of different companies, we've seen lots of different approaches to marketing. Yeah, now we're in danger of generalising hugely here, but absolutely, I think... <laughs> Let's run through a few of them at the risk of offending anybody that thinks, oh, they've taken that they story from when they spoke <laughs> to me last week. Um, yeah, so there's obviously, you know, sometimes what you'll see is quite an ad hoc or intermittent approach to marketing. So mm. there's a, a perceived need for some marketing. So, right, all of a sudden, let's just do a load of marketing. And it doesn't seem to matter what, so long as we're doing some sort of marketing. But yeah. then there's no, you know, once that initial campaign has been done, What's the follow-on? What's the... Well, there's a corollary, or is that the right word? Whatever that means. There's another aspect that relates to that, um, which is I see that in smaller... So see this, sorry, in smaller businesses where you know you have that 
feast and famine cycle. Mm. But when you haven't got much work on, you think, oh, I'll do some marketing. You yeah. do some marketing, it's successful, you get some work on, you stop the marketing. Yeah. So you end up in this feast and famine cycle. So that's where this ad hoc mm. nature of what you describe, you know what you should be doing. You haven't got time to do it all the time. Yeah. When you've got a bit of spare time, you do it. And of course, yeah. there's always this lag between doing it and having the effect from yeah, it. So yeah. you end up in this cycle. So we see that quite a lot yeah. in smaller firms. But I think what you were talking about wasn't so much that as maybe having a full-time marketing person or resource mm. available. But even that is a bit ad hoc. Yeah. You know, what are we going to do this week? Oh, I know. Let's write a blog. Let's organize yeah. a seminar. Or there's an exhibition coming up. We better focus on that. Or it's Christmas soon. Let's do a Christmas campaign. Or get an email out. Or I think, yeah. And, and does it tie into an overarching goal? So yeah. if the marketing strategy is not tied into the business strategy, then that's when the marketing can become slightly ad hoc and yeah. it's almost not quite going through the motions, but it can become that. Yeah. We're doing it for, you know, because we, well, we feel we need to do marketing. Is there a sense in marketing that as long as you're doing stuff, you know, good stuff, valuable stuff, yeah. that that's okay. Keep busy. Yeah, Just yeah. keep busy. Yeah. So, and then you get this aspect almost like spinning plates that, well, I better... Check, I've got to get a tweet out this morning and then I'm going to write a blog tomorrow. I'm going to check my Google rankings and my PPC performance on Wednesday. And yeah. Thursday, I've got to put that you know, case study together yeah. or do the next brochure or organize an exhibition and then back to Monday again and do it again. As long as I'm doing stuff all day long. Yeah, and I think, I think the question there is, is it the right stuff? So without having right. that overarching kind of you know, process that, that identifies what should we be doing, then you're in danger of kind of just... You know, it's like the kids chasing the football around the football pitch, isn't it? Rather than yeah. everyone playing position. And that so, maybe relates back to when you do something in the marketing space, what are you doing it for rather than doing it for its own sake? Yeah. And this is where you see, and we've seen this in companies, they get quite settled into routine. So we're going to do a, a tweet on a Monday, as we said, just using the example earlier, and a, a LinkedIn post on the Tuesday type thing. Well, what you're actually trying to do is achieve something else. And mm. as technology moves on, there may be other ways of achieving that better. Yeah. So who is still, you know, if, if MySpace yeah. was still around, you might have some people putting adverts on MySpace. Yeah, yeah. And similarly with Facebook, it suits some businesses very well. But a lot of audiences have moved on from Facebook. And how many have adopted TikTok, for example, or Instagram Reels or, you know, so there's that. I mean, another approach we see is people who've just got too much to do. Yeah. And they're almost running around like headless chickens. And it's, you know, there's, there's almost either there's too much opportunity or they've just overloaded themselves. Or maybe there's, you know, often we'll see this where there's lots of different maybe brands or sub brands in the business that people are trying to having to manage across all of those. Um, and again, it's like almost can't see the wood for the trees is yeah. the problem there. It, and I think there's a, a variant of that as well. So that one I'm imagining is where someone is put a lot on their own to-do list and they're running yeah. around a bit too headless chickeny. I think another one, and we both know who we're, who I'm thinking of when I say this, where the marketing department get asked to do things by someone else in the business that isn't really primarily what marketing is there for, but they are communication specialists. Mm. So they get asked to help with a presentation here or a press release there to deal with a situation or something. And it's all useful stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Don't snigger. It, it's all useful stuff. And I bet you there's yeah. marketing people listening to this the, the country over now all having that same reaction, rolling their eyes. Yeah, that's exactly what happens. You know, I was yeah. in the middle of this great, you know, designing this campaign and I had to spend a whole week doing this other thing, which yeah. was important to the business, but doesn't help me achieve the lead generation goals that we yeah. set out to do. Well, I suppose there's another aspect that we see where people get confused, maybe not confused, a bit patronising, but... There's an awful lot of new technology in marketing. There's an awful lot of new um, products. It's an ever-changing landscape. There's always something new to be looking at. I mean, 
you know, topical, um, topical issue at the moment or topical um, um, piece of software, ChatGPT, for example, mm-hmm. which is the AI tool that... Is it a threat to marketing? Is it not? You know, that's that's just one example of. I think of we're going to have to come back to Jap- chat chat GPT. There's a whole new subject. A whole new subject. But it's it, yeah. but it's those sorts of things where we we see you know business owners saying, well, I can't even keep up with what you know. Mar- I'm trying to run my business, let alone keep abreast of everything that's happening yeah. in a in an ever changing landscape of marketing technology. Mm. So you know, that again can almost be that's almost like paralysis. Not quite paralysis by analysis, but you know there's just too much going on what do we do and by well, the time we pick something is it at date and and i suppose this is true of all disciplines but if you are 100 percent busy doing what you do generally you know doing yesterday again mm. for today and tomorrow where's the space in your life to to develop to your learn. knowledge about yeah. new stuff and to learn yeah. and when you just talked about people being overloaded headless chickens or the plate spinning bit if you haven't put a certain amount aside to keep abreast of Okay, how many people yeah. listening to this have heard of Chat GPT? I'm guessing five, ten percent of our audience. I don't know. It'd be, be nice yeah. to tell. But every time I mention it to someone new, it's it's news to them. Yeah. And and that's where you and I think this happens a lot more in smaller firms where the marketing department is smaller. You've got no one to bounce ideas yeah. off or to stimulate thought. Anyway, we're going a bit off piece there, but it's it's all relating to this how does marketing generally get done where we see it being done? And more often than not, it falls into one of those sorts yeah. of categories. It's either the feast or famine or the overloaded or lack of prioritizing ad hoc. And I think you may also see a slight variant of that is where you see maybe different generations in a business um, where the older, or oh, sorry, sorry, I say older, can I say more senior or experienced members of the, of the board or the partnership or, or whatever is thinking like the way marketing was done maybe 20 years ago, a lot of referral based work, we don't need to do marketing. Mm. Whereas maybe some more, you know, kind of up and coming people are thinking, well, no, we're our our native environment is within a social media environment Mm. or within. And so there is that sometimes that tension that we see, whereas, you know, some Mm. people want to do lots of marketing. Other people think, well, we've we've tried it all before. We've done adverts in newspapers. They didn't work. We've done, you know, Mm. so you've got that kind of. Well, I think that speaks to diversity generally, doesn't it? And if your market is diverse, you need to be diverse yourself because you're all going to, you're all right. Yeah. You're all right for different reasons reasons. for different people. So, yeah. So, yeah. So that's sort of some of the things that. So we we see all that. Good. That we see. So, So that was kind of the backdrop to some of this isn't it we're, yeah. we're living in this world where we see all these different people having all these so why issues. would you want to change that you know <laughs> so <laughs> the clue is in the question there really so we've seen it that way and we thought there's got to be a better way and like i suppose we said in the opening we're quite process driven people mm-hmm. so you know why would we use a process yeah like what, what what are the benefits of using a process now let's be clear we haven't invented the idea of putting marketing into a process when mm. you start looking around there you'll find a few you know people have there are already mnemonics acronyms and and nice ways of thinking about marketing just like you think about sales or production or or finance in process terms so most people in marketing will have heard of five p's it's not quite a process but it's a way of thinking Mm. differently it's about modularizing your thinking in marketing we've come across as everyone uh, has probably got the hang of now if you listen to a few of these through our hubspot journey some of the models that hubspot as an organization have put out there they've got their Flywheel, flywheel model and yeah. of attract, engage and delight are bio journeys of awareness, consideration and decision. So these are all useful components. Mm. But I think when you and I looked at lots of those, they all sort of did it in an area or did a bit of it. There was no all encompassing 
master theory yeah. of everything, was there really? Nothing pulled it all together. Yeah, and I think we're not we're not saying that we've created a, a you know theory of everything. Theory of everything. <laughs> well, <laughs> Modest if, goals. If, if, we, <laughs> if we had, we probably wouldn't be sitting here. Mm. But I think what we were looking to do is say, how can we how can we break down this huge subject area into something that is actually manageable for people to understand when we're trying to explain to clients, even internally when we're trying to organize ourselves, how can we best do that? And we found that like using a, trying to map it out and create like a, a, a map of all these marketing concepts mm. was a good way of trying to think through the problem of well, what should be the next thing that we're, th we're working on or mm. what is the priority here? Yeah, it? which one should we start with? Yeah. So I suppose it started by breaking down the journey that someone takes from being completely unknown to you and you to them mm. right through. And if you take the absolute opposite extreme, it's not only a customer, it's an advocate customer who's bringing referrals into your business because yeah. they're talking positively. So if you go right from someone you've never met right through to that, there's more than one or two steps in between. So we started by breaking that down. I think we've got six or seven steps, haven't we, to get from yeah. one to the other. So you've got to attract that stranger in, but they're still a stranger. Then you've got to do something to capture their details. Then you've got to work out who they are. Then you've got to nurture them, get an opportunity, mm. convert them, and, and so on and so on. So that's that's the start. But that didn't tell us what to do, but it didn't tell us where to do it. Yeah. Why would you? So we'll come back to maybe that a bit later yeah. on as to how you use that. But that was the beginnings of this framework. But that's only one dimension. That's just saying how do you yeah. move along a journey. Yeah, I think it's yeah. So it was important to identify those act, like activities of of that journey, but also to look at it and think, well, you know, where do we where do we focus the efforts? Where do we identify bottlenecks in the process? Um, all of those things, which is what kind of led us to come up with our growth generator model. So yeah. I guess maybe it's a good time to talk about. The growth generator model. We call it the growth generator. And, you know, podcast, if you're listening to this rather than watching it, then you probably want to see this at some point. So it's on the homepage of our website, wellmeadow.co.uk. So, yeah. And, uh, and our resources pages, and you can download it and stuff. So you'll, you'll get a full version of it there, which may help you to understand quite what we're talking about in having used it as a coat hanger, almost a skeleton, to put all of these concepts on. Yeah but in an organised way. And I'm hoping that for those of you who haven't seen that before, who go and now have a look at that, you have some sort of aha moment. But it will be tinged with that's obvious, isn't it? And I hope that hope that is the reaction because it should be obvious. You know, yeah. A lot of great ideas are simple, aren't they? By design. And, I, and I think as well, just to add on to that, if, if you are watching or listening and you want to see more explanation of that, we have got an e-book that's free to download, um, Building Business Growth Engines, which is available on the website, which goes into a little bit more detail on the growth generator and the different aspects of it so feel free to um hop on the website and download that yeah and that's quite useful because it steps you through each of those stages almost yeah. in workbook style doesn't it yeah. so you can do it and it brings other concepts in such as the buyer journey that we mentioned buyer personas which are important you know, who are you selling to what do they yeah. want and, and all of that uh, and it's worth mentioning as well that around this this model there are some sort of foundationy elements that appear as well, sort of outside the process, yeah. not to do with that journey I've just talked about from a stranger through to an yeah. advocate, but having a clear vision for the company, a marketing strategy, your choice of MarTech stack, you know, as well as buy journeys, buy personas, and that sort of thing. Yeah, that's, so that's all important as well. The start of the process, we'd always start with what I suppose we call growth strategy, which would encompass a number of things like, okay, what is the vision 
for the mm. business. If you're looking to grow, you probably need a vision where you're trying to get to, that type of thing. Mm. What's the strategy? How are you going to get there? And that can be quite high level of doing this. It doesn't have to be, you know, it's not weeks of workshops, but it's just, it's helpful to know. And then looking at things like the buyer persona, the buyer journey, what's your marketing messaging, what's your content like at the moment, content mm. audit. So I think we've covered some of these in previous podcasts to, you know, more detail. So that's that kind of sort of is the scene setter for all of this because we've got to have a foundation in place to, to know where to look. And then things like, you know, MarTech or marketing technology, what is a technology stack that you're using? So obviously we're HubSpot partners, we use HubSpot, but it's not happy HubSpot, it could be anything. Yeah. Um, are you using AI or machine learning, forecasting, all these other things around the technology, understanding that, what's right for the business, those sorts of things are important sort of precursors to actually jump before we jump into the marketing process. Yeah. Got to get that done first, haven't you? Yeah. So then when you move into the, the body of the, the growth generator, which is set up like a bit of a grid, isn't it, with the journey going yeah. along it and the activities underneath it, rather than starting with the question of what do I use social media for, you ask the question the other way around. If I'm trying to attract strangers, what, do I, what activities do I do? Yeah. And does that include social media yeah. well it'll probably include seo because that's how people find new websites through yep. search isn't it it might include ppc yep. where you're, you're paying for it it might include social media for sure depending on whether the social channels that you're using are getting non-followers mm. to and, and especially recommend or to stumble across it depending on the algorithms so there are a number of activities in that column yeah. which maybe don't appear Later on, you know, that, that's the purpose. There are certain activities that are much better suited to bring strangers yeah. into your system, even if they don't declare who they are when they visit. Yeah, so that first stage is really sort of lead generation, isn't it? It's that yeah. how are we finding people that maybe don't know the business, um, attracting the strangers, like you say, um, getting them onto the website and, and maybe getting a contact detail or something like that yeah. from them. So... That's the first bit of it. Then it's then there's a bit where we're looking at maybe more kind of lead optimization mm -hmm. and the nurturing side of the journey and, and you've got to try and understand once once somebody's come to your website, obviously you've got to capture their details in some way. I they may have responded to marketing email if depending on what your yeah. email lists are like and where you get your emails from. But if they've gone to your website first, you've got to provide them content that's worth entering an email address mm. to get and there's quite some interesting techniques around doing that you know only ask for an appropriate amount of information of, according to the value of what you're offering don't gate everything give a lot away yeah. for free you've got to build trust with people you know they, they don't they owe you nothing when they find you and so you've got to be proportionate but like you say once you've got their email address you still don't know anything about them you may have first name last name mm. email address that may be all so you then got to have a whole another bunch of activities which help to to move that person further along yeah. in your journey, if you like, internally, to understand them more. Yeah. So what are their needs? What buyer persona might they be? Where are they at in their journey? And it's you can't just put a form up saying, who are you? Yeah. You know, they're not, they're not ready for that. You, you've, got to, you've got to infer it from their behavior. So you need different types of content, then, mm. whether that be video content or blogs or eBooks or whatever. And depending on whether people consume those other bits of content or not, read them. Yeah you can then work out who they are. And as you build that picture up of somebody, you can be a lot better at providing the next piece of information to them proactively because you know where yep. they're at. You know, if they're still at the awareness stage in their buyer's journey and they're a certain type of buyer persona, then send some educational content. Yep. You just explain what's going on in, in the field as you know it. Establish your expertise, of course, but try and help them. Yeah. 
So I think I, I say if you are listening to this, you probably do need to download a copy mm. of the growth generate because we are talking about almost here an awful lot of concepts, aren't we? Mm. That and there's no, there's an awful lot of things to do. There's an awful lot of concepts. There's an awful lot of um, kind of activities to prioritize in all of this. And I guess that's why we, we actually thought, well, we've got to write this down somewhere yeah. because we were struggling internally just to try and hold all these things in our heads, yeah. isn't it? But how useful has it been to have that just in, in a one image, you know, one, one piece of A4, you're putting it all the time, aren't we? Either on yeah. the screen or a printout, using it with clients. You know, this is where we're at and why we're we doing that, why we're we doing this. And maybe even at that diagnostic phase, you know, where, where are the problems? Where are the bottlenecks in this yeah. process for strangers coming in? I think universally as well, people who have seen it, it's not quite a light bulb moment, but it's it's like what we're liking what we're seeing when we see this all mapped out in a yeah. logical fashion. That you know, you know, we we always say we're not just a coloring in department. That mm. all kind of you know, mm. we, obviously you've got to have n nice looking content, but it's more than that. It's it is about that almost storytelling of of the marketing process of saying, well, how do we find somebody that doesn't know you? and lead them through a journey till they become a customer and then start recommending your business. And there's so much to do under all of those different headings and different stages that we need some way of having a marketing map or whatever we want to call it to say, this is the stuff that we could focus on. Now we've got to get down to the exercise of, right, what do we need to focus on? And also, okay, we're all constrained by resources, time, budget, people, what's the priorities, isn't it? And I think we've had probably, there's probably two types of audiences that have given us these reactions, subtly different. So for someone who's in marketing, they really like the idea of a growth generator way of describing the marketing world because it helps them tell that story yeah. that you explained earlier of what does what's marketing there for? And look at all this stuff we do. You know, we don't just send emails out because we're supposed to and keep the Twitter account busy and do the odd whatever campaign. It's all there for a purpose. Mm. So that helps the marketing people really establish the credibility of the, the professionalism of what they're yeah. doing. The other people that I think we get good responses from are customers of the process, which might be the sales team who want the leads or it might be the business owner or the, or the leadership mm. team who just wants to see it all working. And that's when they get that light bulb moment. I think, oh, I see now why we're sending out emails with this frequency to these people and why we need this new content all the time mm. or why we're doing social media or ranking. It's because that's the part of the business where we can get the biggest yeah. bang for our buck. So for different reasons, either because they want to see everything organized or they want to tell the yeah. story of how it's fitting together, it's proved to be very, very useful for us. And I think, again, another element of it is to have that kind of common language, isn't it, mm. within the business. So we find that internally it's useful. Um, Obviously, every business has their own culture. Uh, we we first started, I suppose, another example of this was we do psychometric testing of everybody, don't we, when they come into mm. the business, just because it's very interesting and useful to know how people think and what their sort of their behavioral preferences, preferences yeah. are and all of that. And around that, we have we have a sort of, you know, they're more red or more blue or mm. green, whatever, you know, whatever it is, you know, yeah. whichever type of psychometric metaphor you want to use. Yeah. But it's actually proves to be really helpful because you understand that different people have different behaviors and all that and there's a common language amongst the business that people understand that and i yeah. think that's what we're we're trying to move towards with this growth generator model is to be well okay that's that's more of a kind of attract phase or yeah. that's more of an engage bit or a nurture or a it's yeah well even if they say i'm right i need to write a blog well 
for which bit? Is that, yeah. is that a blog to help with the SEO because you're doing the attract bit? Is that a blog to help analyze a new contact, find out where they're at in their journey? Or is that a blog at the nurture end where you've got someone you know got a lot about and you're yeah. trying to keep them interested and give them useful stuff? Three very different yeah. blog purposes there and you might write them very differently. So yeah, good language to have. So good language to have. And I think as well, we, you know, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the fact that we want to put some numbers on this stuff as well, don't we? Well, process people maybe like numbers. Now, the problem here again is that that's not necessarily a native preference for mm. some styles of marketing yeah. and marketeer. Uh, it, it's it's hard sometimes. People always moan about I'm unable to measure the return on investment from marketing and yeah. so on. But if you've got numbers and avoiding vanity metrics, and we talk about that yeah. elsewhere, but if you've got numbers that relate to each of these stages of that journey and the bits we're doing within it, then you can map the two together. Which is something we're starting to do. Um, and it's proven very useful, I'd say. It's well, those dashboards that we use with our clients now always turn heads. Yeah. Now, I, we've got to be careful here because a well-designed dashboard will turn heads because mm. it's it's an attractive piece of graphic artwork. You yeah. know, it's a nice bit of wallpaper. But it's got to be useful. And as soon as you overlay what we've done with those dashboards with the growth generator to yeah. see how it all fits together, then there's this coming together of, you know, one plus one equals three. Is and, and I think as well, it's, it's another way of sparking conversation. Mm. You know, we were looking at some yesterday and it's just a great way of being like, oh, okay, that's happening at this phase. But what's the impact of that on the next downstream phase of the process type of thing? So, so yeah, so there's loads... There's loads, there's loads we could talk about on dashboards yeah. and numbers and, and things. But and hopefully someone will, you know, have a look at it on the screen, download the guide or, or give us a bell and, you know, we'd love to talk somebody through it on screen just to see if it strikes a chord with someone in their, their environment. Yep. Good. Is there anything else we need to... Well, we could go on and on about this, couldn't we? I think it's probably just... We've reiterated, if you go to the wellmodo.co.uk website, it's on the homepage, it's on the yep. resources page. Have a look at it, download it. Uh, and start to see whether that applies to you or does it make sense to you? Do you have an aha moment? When you yeah, and we'd love to for people if you know if you do look at it and you've got comments or you know critique or whatever, like get in touch. It's constantly evolving. It's we constantly need to evolving. Be adding I mean, new tech. I would it. say probably in the last six months, it's gone through five or six iterations. Yeah, you know, as we as we learn more stuff, as we see different applications. It's not a set in stone, this is the way it is. It's an evolving model that as we learn more, we adapt it. And, you know, so we're always open to people, you know, engage with the community and see, mm. you know, move it forward. Right. That'd be good to see it move forward. Right. Good. Well, I think that pretty much wraps it up, wraps it up today. It's all we've got time for. So you've been listening to the SME Growth Podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to it. And maybe more importantly, tell all your business friends about it and get them to listen to us. Uh, as well uh, next week we'll be talking about leveraging your content that's quite an interesting subject too so i hope you can join us for that then thanks